this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Monday, 9 October, Year of Our Lord, 2023. It's uh, Columbus Day, and quite a Columbus Day. It's been a... Uh, you know, as we've told you a long time ago, the beginning of the Third World War is upon us, and and now it's not just on the Eurasian landmass is spread now into the Middle East. A day of uh, really uh, intense uh, bombing and beginning of ground operations in Israel. I want to bring in uh, Ben Harnwell from Rome. Ben, thank you very much. You've been following it as you always have as our international editor. Give me your. Um, your the 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 crowned heads of Europe, the the European governments. Where do they stand right now? You know, they've always been almost more pro-Palestinian than pro-Israel. Where, where's all that breaking out right now uh, with these governments about what's happening? Because the 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 initial assault was barbaric, but the hit back is uh is not been exactly a day at the beach. I mean, they are coming in hard. They bombed earlier today. Uh, they bombed Gaza like strategic bombing was done in Dresden. Your thoughts, sir? Well, starting off from the European capitals, you know, there has been a certain, you know, we have large Islamic populations here across all of the, the EU countries. So there is a rather, you know, let's say more nuanced position with regards to, to Israel and the Middle East than in the United States, which is almost really the political class, 100 percent pro uh, pro-Israel. Um, but it is still pro-Israel uh, overwhelmingly in the European Union. Um, with that said, even though like the left, the left wing parties specifically tend to tack a lot more uh, closely, uh, more sympathetically uh, with, with the PLO. I would say, however, um, they have, you know, most of the European capitals have been bounced into supporting Israel, probably even more full-throatedly than they would otherwise have wished, because on 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 uh, on Twitter X uh, and other social media platform platforms what have you we're seeing uh, you know in European capitals groups of uh, presumably Muslim affiliated youths um, dancing in the streets and celebrating um, waving the, the Palestinian flag um, and that has sort of bounced respective European governments into coming down quite harshly and being even more pro. Israel in their response. But I have to say it has been pretty pro-Israel right from the beginning, right from Saturday morning onwards. Are they intimidated? You think there's going to be any intimidation at all? Do you expect, I mean, they're always worried about these sleeper cell assaults. Are, are the European governments worried about there could be, this could expand, particularly as Israel hits back? I mean, the EU's are dancing up and down because uh, Hamas took them by surprise. But this hit back and, and BB notified uh, Netanyahu notified Biden a ground campaign is going to start in the next 48 hours. Uh, do you anticipate you're going to have uh, you, you anticipate there could be um, uh, activity in these no go zones in these capitals? I mean, France is a disaster. Uh, Holland's a disaster. Belgium. I mean, it's it's uh, these these places are infested with uh, with um, radical Muslim jihad. 
I, I personally would absolutely be very, very um, attentive to the possibility that there will be reactions from sleeper cells here within continental Europe. And let's not forget that in terms of BB's conversation yesterday with President uh, Biden about the, the ground offensive, you know, Biden asked him about, um, about the hostages situations uh, and whether the ground offensive um, will be affected regarding that dynamic. And BB was, you know, she was basically, we are going in because we have no choice. Um, so whether they turn the whole of the Gaza Strip into a car park, um, I, I'm not sure. But if they're willing, basically, to to go in, and it's not they're not, they're not going to go in to pay uh, to play a um, patty cake. This is serious. Um, and if the if that if the instance and the consideration of hostages is now secondary, uh, we can have an idea of. Uh, now I don't I use the word hesit no, cautiously when I say. Now let's say I was going to say brutal. It's going to be a brutal response. I'll go ahead with that word. It's going to be brutal, um, and that will, I think, um, I'm not saying it's disproportionate according to the um, to, to to the, the Hamas attacks, but it will be a. It's going to it's going to be an unambiguous response, Steve. That I think will almost certainly um, uh, it, um, increase the the anger from the um, from the cells that you were mentioning. As I say, I mean these clips are widely spread on. Um, I've got something. In fact, you know, I never mentioned my Twitter feed because I very 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 rarely post on it. I did repost something on my own uh, Twitter feed uh, of, of of youths celebrating. This is they're going to be tipping over from celebration in, into aggression. How that manifests itself, um, we'll have to wait and see. But there's definitely going to be something, yeah, for sure. Um, talking about BBC and the media, I mean, right now they're playing it because the initial assault was so brutal and so savage against uh, youth. But how long does it take for BBC? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't BBC been one of the biggest pro-Palestinian uh, uh, and really playing patty cake with terrorist uh, news organizations? Yes, the BBC and the British Labour Party as well, especially under Jeremy Corbyn. And then you have George Galloway, um, who's a, a long-standing Scottish uh, member of Parliament for, for, the, for the Labour Party, now a somewhat far-left media celebrity. Um, these you know, people like this have been Jeremy Corbyn, um, I just mentioned, the former leader, now expelled from the Labour Party by Keir Starmer. You do have the, these uh, these uh, points, lightning rods, if, if you will, for um, who've been very, very explicit in their support of, of the Palestinian cause. And the BBC has naturally been, um, it's, it's probably been, its editorial policy, I would say, is 45, 40% in favour of Israel and the rest in favour of the PLO. Um, over recent decades, but that said, right now as we're speaking, the um, the response hasn't you know it, it it's full on. It's you know it's like look, in a, what did Nikki Haley come out and say um, yesterday? Look, I'm going to quote this because it's an indication. She said this is not just an attack on Israel; it's an attack on America. Um, uh, the BBC in 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 a certain respect certain sense, certain respects, along with the rest of the British mainstream media, is very much still, at the moment, pro-Israel. Um, pro when, of course, Steve, the ground offensive starts in the Gaza Strip and the photos start coming in, um, as we saw sort of some, some photos yesterday, footage of, of the Palestinians rescuing 
um, or trying to pull out bodies from, from under the rubble. When these things start to sort of increase in number, perhaps there'll be a change of position. But right now it is totally, I, I think, in, um, in uh, Israel's favour. Let me play. I want to play Jeremy Bash. We did part of this in the morning show. I want to play this for the audience. Remember this audience, Kevin McCarthy uh, is running, uh, is going to run and be put in nomination to run for the speaker. He's using Israel as his wedge back into this. Uh, you should understand what the apparatus in town has in store and what the, I'll let Jeremy, Jeremy Bash is a former chief of staff over the Central Intelligence Agency. He is a uh, a regular on MSNBC. Uh, Alex Witt is interviewing him. Even she's in shock. I want to play this in its entirety, Ben, because what he's talking about is uh, what Dan Crenshaw's masturbatory fantasy has been, uh, a kind of a war to end all wars. This is where it starts getting apocalyptic. Uh, Book of Revelations, come and see types of thing. Let's go ahead and hear Bash, and I'll uh, bring you in. Are you reading anything between the lines in Secretary Blinken's response there? Well, he acknowledged that we were all caught off guard. I think by definition, this is an intelligence failure, but it's actually more than that. It's also a border security failure. And I think the question, Alex, at this hour is, where will Israel go next? I mean, certainly they will battle Palestinian terrorists that have infiltrated the country. They'll stage rescue rescue operations. And then we can expect a comprehensive thorough degradation and destruction of Hamas's war-making capabilities inside Gaza. I think the question is, will the violence spread to the West Bank? Uh, and more fundamentally, will Israel launch military attacks? And by the way, I think they would be absolutely justified in doing so against other Iranian proxies around the region, because after all, Hamas's main patron is Iran, which does not want to see greater integration, greater peace between Israel and the Arab states. So on that front, Hezbollah, given the uh, military might of Hezbollah, how delicately does Israel have to approach something like that if they choose to engage them, engage them forcefully? Zero delicateness, if you will. I think they're going to deal with Hezbollah with a very tough uh, iron fist. Um, Hezbollah is a terrorist military that has about 200,000 medium and long-range ballistic missiles aimed directly at Israel. Israel's a pretty small country, you know, 9 million people about the size of Rhode Island, one main populated center around Tel Aviv. Israeli officials refer to the country as a country of just 100 targets. If a terrorist military with ballistic missiles can fire 100 targets strategically at the center part point of Israel, uh, it's going to be a very difficult uh, day for Israelis. And they know that the Israeli civil defense authorities have the civilian population well trained to scurry into bomb shelters. The United States has helped field the Iron Dome anti-rocket artillery and mortar batteries to support Israel's defense. So Israel may have to go on the offensive across the northern border, mm -hmm. not only mm -hmm. into Lebanon, but also into Syria to take out Hezbollah and other Iranian proxy positions. And I wouldn't be surprised, Alex. If Israel also undertook operations as far as the Persian Gulf to take out Iranian naval assets and even their air assets, because if Iran is behind this attack, then Israel, as I said, would be completely justified in launching such operations. We in the United States would do precisely that. Got, got to tell you, Jeremy, what you are laying out as possible, it is an all-out Middle East war. 
Is this scenario something that you can see playing out in the near future? I can. I mean, I think Israel's calculus is going to be uh, there. Israel is on the path to some very significant diplomatic uh, breakthroughs here with the Saudis. And if they right. can get assurances from the United States and the Saudis and the Emiratis and other Gulf countries that you know Israel is going to be able to make peace and have normalization uh, and, and that's going to continue and that these military operations are not going to affect that. then I think Israel is going to go very far in conducting those military operations. You know, if the military, if Hamas succeeds and they in some ways thwart the diplomatic efforts, then it's going to have to be sequenced. Israel is going to first have to deal with the terrorists, first have to deal with Iran, first have to deal with the threats to its citizenry and its borders, and then pursue peace and normalization uh, in sequence. But, you know, this is going to be Israel's uh, play to call. And I think the United States is going to stand four square behind Israel, which is what you've heard so far from the president, from the secretary of state and every other senior Biden administration official. And by the way, this is bipartisan. You see it on Capitol Hill as well. There's bipartisan support for Israel at this hour, as there should be. Mm -hmm. But there's there there's there's bipartisan support, but. I don't know if there's bipartisan support for a that is a massive all out Middle East war that would suck the whole world into it. Ben Harnwell, your thoughts and observations on this, sir. Well, you know, and you, you finished before going to that clip. You just you were mentioning about Armageddon. Right. That's that's reference and revelation that that's mentioned in, in Revelation 16, 16. Uh, that if you want to know where that is, folks, it's just off the northern tip of um, of the West Bank. Um, Mount Mount uh, Megiddo. Um, I, you know, personally, I'm just keeping one eye on that corner of the world right now um, because of the various dynamics that's taking place. You know, that guy was probably correct when he mentions that Iran was probably the the sponsor behind Hamas. Worth mentioning that both Anthony Blinken and the IDF have, have both come out uh, in the last 24 hours and said they're not aware their intelligences. Aren't, uh, their respective intelligences aren't aware of, of any um, of any links to, to Iran at this stage. However, it, I, you know that would probably be my money um, in terms simply because Iran that's desperate to to to, to be the regional hegemon that cannot allow um, the the normalisation process that was due to take place. Uh, between Saudi Arabia and Israel, John Kirby came out ten days ago saying that the basic framework for this was in place. It would have also actually been quite an uptick, I think, running into the for the Biden administration generally running into November of next year. That's presumably, Steve. I don't know what what your thoughts on this are, but that's presumably now blown out of the water for the time being. But you do have this dynamic that um, Saudi Arabia is, of course, run by a. Uh, uh, the, the the Saudi war family, which is Sunni, uh, Hamas is is Sunni, um, Afghanistan is Sunni, um, Iran is Shia, uh, so it has um, it has to to maintain its status, to augment its status in the Middle East. It has a very double game that it has to play, to use Hamas to um, is, is is the principal um, as the principal vehicle for blowing up. The, the, the prospective peace in the Middle East, remove Saudi Arabia from the, the United States orbit to the extent that it is in, in the United States orbit, and then sort of try 
um, and dominate itself. Because of course, Iran is a huge country population-wise. The other countries I listed are, all, are, are far smaller. Um, so there is that there is that wider game. But right now, um, I don't think uh, that, that the that the link between Hamas and Iran on this has has been exposed. But it's almost certainly there. You said something, Steve. I, I really do want to, to to come in on this, um, having having spoken. Like to said those things earlier on in the morning show, you cited the fact that that Israel had said that this was um, their Pearl Harbor and 9/11 thrown um, joined together. That's very curious, you know. And you and you mentioned that you sort of read um, basically all of the documents on both those instances. That's a pretty uh, cryptic, I think, metaphor for for Israel to make. Given that there's a, l- a large number of people, Frank, that, that, that suggest Roosevelt um, over the heads of his of his of the navy, obviously, um, but had manoeuvred the Pacific Fleet um, around um, around its base of Pearl Harbor to, to provoke um, Japan into firing, um, as it were, the first shot to, to then enter the, the Second World War. Um, and of course, that you know, I don't need to go on right now, but I'm sure the 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 war in posse will be very versant and fluent with with the various theories regarding um, 9/11. I would just like to suggest that um, if it was Israel's long-term ambition to go in and flatten the Gaza Strip, giving you know giving them the opportunity to to launch this attack, um, and then you know on on the out you know as I mentioned the Nikki Haley quote, which is broadly I think. Uh, in a single sentence, representative of the, the whole global mainstream uh, media opinion right now, it has given Israel a very um, a comfortable position PR-wise to, to go in with, with a free hand and do what it wants in the Gaza Strip. I would only note in closing on this point, Steve, that the world had been obsessed the last 18 months, had been absolutely obsessed with U- Ukraine. Who's talking about Ukraine in the last uh, 48 hours? That's another dynamic that we, we, we're going to need to cover now, because I think the situation there will change we're, very quickly because of this. Yeah. I, w- I, w- I want to cover Ukraine here in a second, but do we have the Brennan? I want Brennan's not ready yet. Okay, fine. Let me know when that uh, off the end. Let me know when that's ready. Yeah. I tell you what, let's play Brennan right now. I want your response to this. Yeah. Former CIA Director John Brennan, uh, you've worked in national security, you've worked in the field, you've worked in the region. Um, how did Israel's vaunted intelligence network and military and the U.S. not see this coming? Well, that's a good question, Andrea, and I think there were a lot of failures that uh, led up to this. Uh, clearly, the Israelis uh, didn't have the either human or technical sources that gave them insight into this. It also, I think, is increasingly apparent now that they misread a lot of the signals that were coming out of Gaza in terms of activities that the Hamas members were engaged in. Also, I think they misread Hamas's intentions. Uh, I think they were relying heavily on the work visas that they were giving to the Gazan workers and believing that the money going into Gaza was going to appease a Palestinian ire over their their situation in, in Gaza. So I think there were just a lot of misreading and a lot of missteps and miscalculations that went into this. And I know the Israelis are going to be doing a post-mortem. But also, I think fundamentally, I think Bibi Netanyahu and a lot of Israeli politicians believe that by establishing relations with Arab states, uh, such as Bahrain and the Emirates, uh, Sudan, Morocco, and potentially Saudi Arabia, 
that that was going to reduce uh, or eliminate the risk that they face uh, over the course of you know many many decades. But uh, none of these uh, steps really have addressed the, the Palestinian uh, concerns. And so I think it just uh, increased the militancy uh, of, of Hamas uh, in engaging in these horrific, uh, unconscionable acts of violence against uh, the Israelis. Um, but uh, it's unfortunately, I think it's been a brewing for many, many years. But I think the, the tactical uh, missteps over the past uh, several months in terms of not seeing that this was going to happen such a large, multi-dimensional, multi-pronged attack. Uh, this clearly was a, a failure of uh, epic proportions. Well, clearly, the Hamas uh, it has... Talking, Brennan, he's always lecturing you about the intel. They're a disgrace. I can't imagine the CIA, the NSA, Mossad, and IDF intelligence, Israeli Defense Force intelligence, missed this. Just don't believe it. No. Sorry, I don't. It was too, it's too, look, this was a massive military strike over a vast geographic area, given the space. It was air, it was land, it was sea. They had planning, logistics, finance, training, recruitment, all of it. And, 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 and nobody's talking about the fact they had embeds. They actually had Palestinian journalists. I mean, they were, they were jumping up and down from the very beginning and blowing out on social media to Europe and other places throughout the Middle East and Sub-Saharan Africa or in North Africa. So there was massive celebration like in 9-11. This was, this was highly coordinated. Ben, uh, ben Harnwell, thoughts? Steve, I couldn't put it any better myself. Um, I don't believe that Mossad um, and the CIA, uh, that this took them by surprise. I, I don't believe it. I posted parts of the edgy but I posted on Getter late last night um, a collection of all the European capitals um, no not and including the United States um, that, that came out it was it was a, the, the very statements that came out on Saturday morning um, Saturday morning who's in the office which which civil servants which press spokesmen which ministers are in the office on a Saturday morning within hours Steve within hours of this in, in, um, the, the, this uh, these attacks this invasion they'd all produced um, almost an identically worded with, with identical phraseology statement, and um, that's on my Getter feed. If, if, if folks want to um, want to um, want to track that down, um, so I don't believe it. Uh, I, I just put that out there. I don't believe it. I, they knew this. They let it happen. Um, that 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 is. I haven't seen anything uh, that will yet that will make my change make me change my mind. About that. What what Brennan was saying just now, Steve. Um, Obviously, it's the CIA line to take. Um, I know that, though, because I have an article here right in front of me that I was looking at this morning on, on Reuters headlines. I don't think I sent it through, right? Excuse me, I don't think I, I, I sent it through. But the headline is how Hamas duped Israel as it planned devastating attack. Um, and that's um, that's basically word for word what Brennan was just saying. So this is obviously a CIA line that they've done. That and they sent out to pliant and compliant media, which is obviously only too happy to pick that up. And, you know, this article here that I, that I mentioned, and um, they talk uh, here that, um, that the, you know, that the Hamas had actually constructed a mock Israeli settlement in Gaza where they practiced a military landing and trained to storm it. Um, and they had videos of these maneuvers. And then there's a quote there um, saying Israel surely saw them 
but they were convinced that Hamas wasn't keen on getting into a confrontation, which is the sort of the ridiculous things that, that Brennan was saying. You know, Steve, as you would say, as you do say when they push out this kind of thing, that's how dumb they think we are. Um, no, they knew. The, Israeli, the Israelis knew that this was taking place. That was hence my, uh, my earlier comments about um, Pearl Harbor. They knew this was taking place and they let it happen um, because fundamentally it will be advantageous for what Israel hopes to achieve. Uh, walk me through uh, Ukraine, uh, particularly now here in the United States. There's zero chance there's going to be a firestorm about giving another penny over there. And we hear that Biden is trying to work out a program for $100 billion, $24 billion coming in the first package. And they're going to try to wrap it now. Instead of border security, that's been forgotten. They're going to try to wrap it with a new package for Israel. Yeah, um, Zelensky came out with, with a statement saying that um, that uh, in, on the need for, for NATO to maintain unity. He said, this is not the time to withdraw from the international arena into uh, internal disputes. Uh, this is not a time to isolate ourselves. Um, no, one's, no one's listening now. Um, really, the... the, the, the this is the consequence of, of the of the um, of the global mainstream media um, having an inability to, to to walk and chew gum at the same time. It's simply one issue, one issue, and one issue alone that they're going to hammer hammer in on. And they, you know, Zelensky had his time in in the sun, uh, eight, eighteen months. Really, it, it's now he, he's um, he's not getting you know. I'm not, you know how how close I follow the international news. I think we've had. A reduction in about about ninety percent of stories on Ukraine in the last forty-eight hours. Um, no, uh, there's going to be no money. I don't think from the United States. I'm fairly sure there's going to be no money now from the United States going to Ukraine. The, the fight on, you know, Nikki uh, Haley's given a ridiculous statement. You know, she, she's she's agitating for the for the United States to act and react as if it itself had been. Um, attacked by Hamas, and I think that's where the political class is going to be. It's not where MAGA is, right? No, no. It's obvious no, not no, where no. MAGA is. Ma- Ma- Mag- Mag- MAGA's fighting this. Mag- MAGA's trying to be the sensitivity. How they get to uh, how they get to your social media, Ben? Thank you so much, Steve. Yep, um, simply on uh, get the exclusive newsletters that come out on warroom.org. Come on to the best profile, the best platform on, on, on Getter, the, the, at Steve Bannon. Because he's very kindly reposted me. Um, and also um, Steve Bannon's War Room on Rumble. Thank so you, Ben. Steve. And by the way, you get many you get you get you get you get many more likes than I do. As I've noticed. The War Room possibly. <laughs> Your commentary. Thanks, brother. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Back in a moment. You should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it, because it just might. More than 35,000 wildfires have devastated the U.S. this year. The toxins and particles in wildfire smoke can penetrate our lungs and threaten our health. That's why EnviroCleanse developed military-grade air purification for your home. And they just announced their biggest sale of the year. Save a massive 30% off during their Labor Day sale. $30 
EnviroCleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That's why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air. Now's the time to save 30% off your air purification unit. Get the free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's a $250 savings. Visit ekpure.com and use code Steve. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. Let me repeat, ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Take action, use your agency, do it today, get the benefits of the sale. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app. Load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, We don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts 
to many high quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner. And you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner. Download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Because, of course, eight Republicans joined with every Democrat to evict you from the speaker's chair uh, last week. The Republicans meet tomorrow. If there is a deadlock, and I fear there might be, would you be willing to stand up and become the speaker again? Look, the the conference has to make that decision. I'm still a member. I'm going to continue to to fight and act. I know what it means to have a strong America and a strong relationship with Israel. From every term I've been in, I have led all the freshmen to Israel. My first trip as speaker was to Israel to speak at the Knesset at the 75th anniversary of the creation of Israel. Um, We need to not part in any way and show no weakness here. And we've got to understand that this is not an interaction like they've had before. This is something that hasn't happened in 50 years. And we have to understand as Americans, and I've got to give you a lot of credit, because you have always talked about foreign policy. But even on your tweets, what this means to America, what happened in Israel, when there are 700 Israelis going to 800 who were murdered, that is equivalent of almost 30,000 of Americans, if you take the size. And America has to understand what's going on. This is not a time for what's happening in our, our colleges. This is a time for strength. This is a time to stand together. This is a time for assistance. Um, and this is a time for Congress to speak as one voice. Not to so I, I want to come back well, and, and press you a little bit. Wrong. Yeah. Mr. S- let, me, let me go back, Mr. Speaker, because I do fear a deadlock, because I know that there are uh, hundreds of Kevin, it was eight Republicans brought you down. I don't know if they can change their mind, but I don't think we're going to get to uh, a speaker other than Kevin McCarthy this week, and we can't not have a speaker right now. Would you be willing to go back if those eight retreated? Look, whatever the conference wants, I will do. I think we need to be strong. I think we need to be united. Uh, The eight, uh, in my view, don't look to be, it was a personal thing. It wasn't about where we are going. Think for one moment. If, If you take some of their comments of why they did this, because I kept the government open. Could you imagine? They're the ones that stopped appropriation bills from going forward. They're the ones who voted against the continuing resolution that secured our border and cut spending. They're the ones who wanted a government shutdown. We wouldn't be paying our troops while we're put, putting out a, a, a carrier strike fighter there. Our 30,000 Americans. This is, this is they're, trying the Israel, they're trying to use what did he say right there about the southern border? That's the priority. He's trying to use the Israel situation, the attack uh, on uh, on uh, innocent Israelis by an. This was a military operation. This was not terrorism, coordinated by and funded by the Persians. Um, this was a deadly strike, and he's trying to he's trying to leverage this to get himself back in. 
Make sure you're at the ramparts of this. Is he mentioning the southern border? Is he mentioning the crisis in financing the government? Those are the existential threats. The attack on Israel is not an existential threat to the United States of America. We need to protect Israel. We need to stand with Israel. And what we need to do right now is to make sure that uh, the Persians and Hezbollah and all their proxies are not escalating this. That's what we need to do now. And all they're doing is this is a rush to a major and massive Middle East war. Remember, President Trump said today earlier in the speech about the, uh, the, the reinsertion of the travel ban. Because this is the problem we got. We've had an invasion on the United States of America. We've had an invasion on the United States of America. President Trump's trying to take it from the from the international. We have to be, why would we allow now what Biden has done uh, going soft on on uh, on uh, terrorism? And that didn't even include the southern the southern border, we have been invaded, full stop. And we need to get on top of this. I got to tell you, this this could not be more dire. It could not be um, a, a situation that could be worse for us. And no, you see right there, did he mention one thing on the southern border? This is he's trying to leverage himself back in on this uh, on the uh, the Israeli situation, and it has to be shut down. He's already announced he's running. He's going to put himself in. He's going to get himself put in nomination. So this has to be shut down. You've got to tell your representatives under no circumstances, Kevin McCarthy, there can be no return to the cartel government. And to use this uh, the situation in Israel, and he's sitting there bragging, I've been to Israel t- uh, 12 times. How many times have you been to the southern border, bro? I know you went down t- at least twice for optics, for photo ops. You never lifted a finger. You did not lift it. And don't give me the, oh, HR2, HR2, HR2. What did you do about impeaching Mayorkas? What did you do about shutting down, cutting off money? What you do about moving down and actually having, making the Capitol, making Congress, actually the House of Representatives, actually meet down in McAllen, Texas? What did you actually do to stop it? Here's what you did, nothing. Because the moneyed interest don't want it to stop. Okay, uh, ma- massive news out of 60 Minutes last night. The Millie thing I will get to uh, later. I'm going to have to do that tomorrow. Let's go ahead. I got Joe Allen because... They dropped another bomb, a massive bomb on um, on 60 Minutes last night. I want to make sure you're not missing this on artificial intelligence because as important as everything's going in the Middle East and in Ukraine, you, you must uh, hear what's being said by the creators for artificial intelligence. Let's do that and then bring in Joe. At 75, Hinton recently retired after what he calls 10 happy years at Google. Some of his research led to chatbots like Google's Bard Chatbots are said to be language models that just predict the next most likely word based on probability. You'll hear people saying things like, they're just doing autocomplete. They're just trying to predict the next word. And they're just using statistics. Well, it's true they're just trying to predict the next word. But if you think about it, to predict the next word, you have to understand the sentences. So the idea they're just predicting the next word so they're not intelligent is crazy. You have to be really intelligent to predict the next word really accurately. The risks are what? Well, the risks are having a whole class of people who are unemployed and not valued much because what they, what they used to do is now done by machines. Other immediate risks he worries about include fake news, 
unintended bias in employment and policing, and autonomous battlefield robots. What is a path forward that ensures safety? I don't know. I, d I can't see a path that guarantees safety. That we're entering a period of great uncertainty where we're dealing with things we've never dealt with before. And normally the first time you deal with something totally novel, you get it wrong. And we can't afford to get it wrong with these things. Can't afford to get it wrong, why? Well, because they might take over. Take over from humanity? Yes, that's a possibility. Why would they I'm not saying to? it will happen. If we could stop them ever wanting to, that would be great. But it's not clear we can stop them ever wanting to. But he says now is the moment to run experiments to understand AI, for governments to impose regulations, and for a world treaty to ban the use of military robots. It may be we look back and see this as a kind of turning point when humanity had to make the decision about whether to develop these things further and what to do to protect themselves if they did. Um, I don't know. I think my main message is there's enormous uncertainty about what's going to happen next. These things do understand, and because they understand, we need to think hard about what's going to happen next, and we just don't know. Um, that uh, just, uh, Tell us, Joe, who this person is, because that is probably the most disturbing thing. Even with Elon Musk, this is the most disturbing thing. This is one of the fathers of artificial intelligence, and, he, and this is not... 10 years in the future. He said this is in the next two years, next 24 months, that this could, that, that could be the inflection point. And all we know is that this is accelerating at an accelerating rate, and particularly given what's happening in Taiwan, in Ukraine, now in Israel, in the Middle East, um, to think about everything that AI gets involved in, uh, we could literally be hurtling towards uh, Armageddon, sir. Steve, that's certainly how they're talking about it in some of the top labs uh, in and around Silicon Valley in Seattle. That, of course, was Jeffrey Hinton, uh, so-called godfather of AI, mainly for his work on neural networks. And uh, since the uh, panic of uh, earlier this year about AI, he's come out and, and tried to inform the public about what he believes to be the biggest dangers of AI. As you heard there, human displacement is a major part of it. Uh, the ideas coming out of these top labs, that includes everyone from Google's DeepMind to uh, OpenAI in association with Microsoft to Anthropic now in association with Amazon and Inflection AI. All of these guys talk about human displacement as an inevitability of what they're working on. They all, as they are creating these, these artificial intelligences or trying to create artificial general intelligence, uh, they believe that they will displace human beings, not only in day-to-day uh, -day tasks, but just in pattern recognition, in knowledge making, in decision making. And so you have Hinton coming out on the alarmist side of it. He's trying to sound the alarm, saying that this is going to have a profoundly negative effect on humanity. Uh, he's one of the few. The rest, even if they admit to the potential for negative effects, they all believe it's fairly inevitable that the good side uh, will win out. And even if it doesn't, they don't even seem to care. So when you look at something right now, like uh, the war in Ukraine or the emerging conflict in the Middle East, you might wonder, 
Why is AI not making all of these superior decisions on the battlefield? Why don't you see more and more autonomous drones deployed? Uh, that is actually a really good question, which there are many answers. And my own sense of it uh, is that they just simply are not at the level that you could rely on them to make the primary decisions in battle. But the intention, 100%, is that they will. And I, and I really do think that the uh, outside of economic uses, uh, such as predicting stock markets or integrating large language models into education and into even psychotherapy, outside of these sorts of day-to-day -day things, the real testing ground for whether or not artificial intelligence lives up to both its promises and its threats are going to be on the battlefield, especially in places like Israel, who are really at the forefront of military artificial intelligence just behind the U.S., and of course at the forefront of the manufacturing and designing of drones. And they have many programs which could easily turn into the dreaded fully autonomous lethal weapons that guys like Hinton and others are talking about. Go back to this. Uh, when he talks about this, he talks about they could take over uh, if we don't play this right. He says this could happen in the next couple of years. Talk to me because we've always said, hey, it could be 10 years away, could be six or seven years away. He's pulling this up into the foreground. Yes, I, I, the, the predictions that are really, really aggressive, such as Hinton's or Elon Musk's or even Greg Brockman now out of OpenAI, uh, maybe, maybe not. But I think that what they, they are pointing to the most extreme circumstance in which AI has somehow managed to take control of an ever more pervasive digital infrastructure, a digital system that we all live in. I think that the most immediate threat, though, the one that really needs to be confronted is the threat that AI will be taking over at the lower levels, at the levels that are most going to affect people like us on the ground, normal people, not AI taking over all of the United States or AI taking over all of Europe, but AI taking over your job or your child's mind. I think those are the sorts of things that are most immediate and are already happening. As we've reported extensively, Bill Gates is working to integrate AI into educational systems for one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Uh, you have guys like Ilya Sutskabar out of OpenAI who believes, and Elon Musk agrees, that AI will be used for superior one-on-one -on -one counseling, psychological therapy. Uh, in other words, in my perspective, brainwashing. I think that that coupled with AI used uh, in, for the purposes of propaganda, for the purposes of deep fakes, uh, and also for the purposes of analyzing the effects of propaganda and deep fakes on the population, those immediate threats already see the displacement of human beings and more and more so, as Musk would put it, the ratio of intelligence on the planet being weighted towards the machines rather than humans. I don't think that these guys are going to create a machine intentionally that takes over their jobs, but I do believe that they, will, they are in the process of creating machines that will take over our jobs, maybe the most important job we have, which is to understand the world and make proper decisions based on that understanding. Um, Joe, how'd they get all this in the, in the new book, your book, Dark Aeon? Uh, you were down with Tim, Tim Poole and the team down in Miami this weekend. You're giving speeches all over. I want to make sure it's up on the site of where people can get you. 
Yeah, Steve, I tell you what, watching these headlines unfold in the last three months in the wake of uh, the book's completion has been really strange because all of these developments in the technology and to some extent in the geopolitical uh, realm, they're discussed in the books. I try to lay out the, the frameworks to understand where these technologies are going, uh, not only in day-to-day -day life, but also in warfare. So Dark Eon, you can find it anywhere books are sold. Uh, you can find it Amazon, Barnes & Noble, at the publisher, skyhorsepublishing.com. And you can also find it at CanonicXYZ, which we'll uh, get into another time. Look into it. Uh, and you can find my uh, social media at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z. And, of course, my website, jobot.xyz. Joe, fantastic. I look forward to having you back on later in the week. Thank you very much, Steve. So McCarthy's coming in. He's going to run for speaker. They're going to try to have a restoration here. Uh, we need everybody on that. Uh, Bobby Kennedy announced that he's going to run as an independent in the uh, for president. He's dropping out of the Democratic thing primary. He's going to run as independent. President Trump gives an amazing speech in New Hampshire. President Trump wants the immediate restoration of the travel ban. Remember the one we've worked on the White House. In the first couple of weeks, that was held up by the Supreme Court as being constitutional. We have the right to protect ourselves. The border people should be focused on is the southern border of the United States of America. There's been a massive invasion going on there. The, uh, the Democratic Party and Joe Biden initiated it, exacerbated it. Uh, and now we have, I don't know, between six and 10 million illegal alien invaders here in the country and they're all over the country we have no earthy idea where they are this is the inspector general of the united states telling us this and uh, we know that there are literally thousands if not tens of thousands of active terrorists uh, in that and todd benzman is the one that's done the amazing reporting he wrote the book on this at the beginning so uh look at the footage of what you're seeing coming out of uh what you're seeing coming out of israel uh, I want to leave tonight. Sure, we're going to be back tomorrow. By the way, go to birchgold.com slash uh, Bannon. And um, by the way, I want to finish with a Johnny Cash if we got it. If we have it, let me know. I want to finish with a Johnny Cash and some great footage. Um, birchgold.com slash Bannon. End of the dollar empire. You may be seeing the end of the American empire too uh, because that was predicated on the U.S. dollar. We lay out a whole series of installments to get you smart about money, to get you smart about currency. We also give you access to the great team over at Birch Gold, because right now, with a world on fire, remember, gold has been a hedge against times of uncertainty for about, I don't know, 5,000 years. So not a bad track record. Birchgold.com uh, slash Bannon. Go check it out today. Can we finish with uh, Johnny Cash? we got Johnny Cash from the Book of Revelation, St. John the Evangelist. Is uh, wrote the uh, wrote the words Johnny Cash uh, the music and the song. It is uh, when the man comes around. Johnny Cash. We'll see you back here live tomorrow morning at ten a.m. There's a man going round taking names, and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. 
The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, 100 million angels singing, multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum. Voices calling, voices crying. Some are born and some are dying. It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree. The virgins are all trimming their wigs. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise men will bow down before the throne. And at his feet, they'll cast their golden crowns. Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 